0: This is the Dave Smith Show on SB Nation Radio and on sbnationradio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans from the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios. Here's Dave Smith. That is a great song, Producer Andrew. I'm, is that Wilson Pickett? Uh, who? Hmm. Hold on, I'm coming. Do you, you know who that is, uh, Producer Producer Andrew?
1: Sam and Dave.
0: Sam and Dave. That's right. Ah. Oh. That's great. Now, do you pick out the music, producer Andrew, or is it programmed right there? No, now, I, I, p- I pick out the music for the most part. Oh, fantastic stuff. Very, very good choice. Dave Smith and the Dave Smith Show here at SB Nation Radio and SBNationRadio.com. Back out to the Progressive Guest Line. Progressive, making it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. And here he is from Montero Unboxing, the great YouTube channel, also a writer for Ring Magazine. The great Mike Montero joins us here. What's up, Mike? Hey, what's up, Dave? Man, why'd you guys
1: turn off the music? Sam and Dave, hold on, I'm coming. That's a classic, man. Turn that back on.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hang up on Montero and we'll start playing music, uh, producer. Andrew. <laughs> now, now, Mike, are you self quarantined right now, hanging around the house all day and um, uh, and not going out?
1: Yes, unfortunately, Dave. Uh, I'm kind of uh, bunkered in here in, in the house uh, like everybody else, but uh, you know, still getting the work done. Uh, posted some stuff on RingTV.com today. I uh, got a couple articles in the mix for the next issue of The Ring Magazine. So am still working away just doing it from home.
0: Well, I, I can't. You must be driving your fiance Tiffany nuts. She hasn't thrown you out of the house yet, <laughs> being home all the time? So far, so good. <laughs> Although uh, she went
1: for a long walk today, so I think she needed some space.
0: Well, at least she found her way back. You were probably worried about it, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The great Mike Montero joining Dave Smith here at ESPN Radio on com. Okay, now we had all we had some good fights lined up: Billy Joe Saunders and Canelo, and the Tiafimo Lopez, and uh, and Lomo, of course. And uh, what? When you look at some of the fights that have been pushed back or canceled, what, what's the one that disappointed you the most, and one that you really wanted to see?
1: Oh man, Dave, um, we, we had such a great schedule that was coming together from really April through July, and now. Uh, I don't know how many of these fights are going to be salvaged. Uh, You mentioned Canelo, Billy Joe Saunders. I don't know if that's still happening. I mean, that was going to go at the MGM, or I'm sorry, uh, probably at T-Mobile, which is owned by the MGM. And, of course, MGM, they've shut everything down. Uh, The Nevada State Athletic Commission, they've shut everything down there until a meeting that they're having next week. So we'll see what happens after they have that meeting and how long they decide to postpone everything uh That Lomachenko lopez fight, though, man, I- I've really been looking forward to that one. And apparently we're still good for May 30th, but it's tentative. We just don't know yet. There was a fight that was supposed to take place last weekend, the World Boxing Super Series Cruiserweight finale. I was really looking forward to that one. That was a real boxing nerd kind of matchup, and that one got postponed until May. So hopefully these delays, these postponements, uh, only carry through for the next month or two. And then we get back to, to you know square one in the summer.
0: You know, watching Billy Joe Saunders, he looked sensational w- when he fought David Lemieux and shut him out and won just about every round. Didn't look very good in his last fight. And I don't know, maybe he's just the type of guy that rises to the occasion, depending on who he's fighting. But I thought he was a live dog here. If, if that happens on Cinco de Mayo weekend, he's a southpaw, slick, good boxer. That's the type that have given Canelo trouble throughout his career. And... Of course, another Irish traveler, another gypsy, along the lines of Tyson Fury. Maybe that had worked for him, yeah. I thought he was a good live dog here.
1: And they've done pretty well lately, those Irish gypsies. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think Billy Joe Saunders is one of those guys who fights down to the level of his opposition, unfortunately. He had that fantastic performance against David LeBue. That was at middleweight. He's now at super middleweight. He moved up in weight, has a title there, and uh, apparently... Uh, Canelo would be moving up in weight to challenge him for that title. So I do think that it, it's a great stylistic matchup in terms of, um, the skill set of each, of each man. I think they really have a good chance to win. Will it be the most scintillating, TV friendly type of fight? That I don't know because Billy Joe Saunders does like to sit back and counter punch, and that's what Canelo likes to do at times. It would be interesting to see if Canelo presses him and moves forward and becomes the aggressor in that fight kind of like the way he did against Golovkin in their rematch. Now, if he does that and moves forward on Saunders, I think we could get an entertaining fight there. It's definitely a tough matchup for Canelo, and he deserves respect for you know trying to take those difficult matchups.
0: Boy, uh, Teofimo Lopez, knockout power in both hands. He is an exciting, scintillating fighter. With either hand, he can get you out of there. Uh, uh, is he ready for Lomachenko? I know if he hits Lomachenko on the chin, he can get him out of there, just like anybody else, but... Can he win this fight against Loma? He's a live
1: dog, Dave. I mean, he's, he's naturally bigger and stronger. People forget Lomachenko started as a featherweight. He's moved up two divisions, and he didn't start his career as a young man like many fighters do, and then they move up in weight as they kind of mature and get into their man strength. He was a grown man when he went pro. He could probably make the featherweight limit right now if he really, really wanted to. So he's a natural featherweight that fights at lightweight, Tiafima Lopez is a lightweight that's busting at the seams. By this time next year, he will have moved up in weight to junior welterweight. So uh, just in terms of size and explosiveness, all of that is on Tiafima Lopez's side. Aside. And I think he is ready. He, he, he had a couple of good, tough challenges last year to prepare him for this fight. He's as ready as he's ever going to be. And I just, because of the the, the size difference, the natural strength difference, that's what's so intriguing about this fight to me. Because at some point, you have to think, if you're Lomachenko, he is, you know, he's in his 30s, he's getting up there. He's a fighter that depends on reflexes, the way he fights. And moving up in weight, fighting these naturally bigger men, is that going to catch up to him at some point? That's what makes this fight so interesting to me.
0: Well, we've got Anthony Joshua defending against Kubrat Pulev in June, and then uh, July, the third fight between Wilder and Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder and Fury. Uh, hopefully those fights aren't in jeopardy of getting postponed or put off. Yeah, I
1: hope so, Dave. Uh, I'm really looking forward to those fights. I mean, with Wilder Fury, that was supposed to happen in July, and I just have to think with the postponements we've had, uh, with the Nevada Commission canceling all events as of right now. And again, they have a, a meeting next week, and they might decide to lift that and, and get back to business. They might extend that for another month or two. Uh, the MGM resorts are closed right now. That, that's a big deal. And you have to think that fight's going to get pushed back, which is really unfortunate because that kind of pushes back the fight we all want to see, which is the winner between Joshua Pulev and then the winner between the third fight uh, between Wilder and Fury we want to see those two winners face each other we were hoping we get it at the end of this year I just don't think that's possible now with all these delays that's going to get pushed back to next year unfortunately but I still think it's very possible that it's going to happen in fact I think it's likely going to happen.
0: Kubrat Pulov got blown out by Vladimir Klitschko around, what, four or five years ago in his shot at the heavyweight championship and uh, didn't look good that night and got knocked down several times and then knocked out. Uh, But, you know, Joshua, you know, got stopped by Andy Ruiz Jr. And even though he won the rematch, he looked a little gun shy to me. So, uh, did Pulov have any chance in this fight against him? Pulev has a puncher's chance.
1: I mean, the only time he did lose was against Klitschko, and that was a prime version of Vladimir Klitschko. That wasn't the faded version that got, you know, that was beat by Joshua a few years later. So I think Pulev absolutely has a, a shot, but styles make fights. And I think that Andy Ruiz had a, a really difficult style. Remember, he was a last second replacement when when Joshua fought him. AJ was going to get to, you know, have a full training camp and prepare specifically for Kubrat Pulev and his style. And I think that, uh, you know, I have to heavily favor Joshua, but it's the heavyweight division. One punch can change everything. It certainly wouldn't shock the world if Kubrat Pulev, you know, pulled off the upset.
0: Well, you look at a guy who's probably more depressed than anybody right now and blew a chance at all kinds of money, big baby Miller from from Brooklyn, New York. He was scheduled to fight Anthony yeah. Joshua before he fought Andy Ruiz Jr., then tested positive, I think, three times for performance enhancing drugs. And boy, Joshua, you know, reportedly went into that fight with a concussion after he got knocked out in training a couple of weeks before the fight. He was ready to be taken. Boy, Big Baby cost himself a lot of bank that night, didn't he?
1: Yeah, I mean, you think about it. He could have been the unified heavyweight champion yep. of the world had he pulled off that upset. And then the very lucrative rematch. And part of the deal that he had signed, it was a multi-fight, I think a three-fight deal. So he was guaranteed a ton of money there. Really, really screwed that up. Unfortunately, though, because of the the state of the division that we're in, where people need opponents, fighters need opponents, you know, Big Baby Miller, he's got a contract right now with top rank. If he could stay clean, he's eventually going to get a shot at Tyson Fury if he keeps winning.
0: Quote, buy, and save on home insurance with Progressive's new home code explorer only at Progressive.com. You know, people ask me all the time, Mike, and I, I don't know if I have the answer to this. Is there a young American heavyweight out there, maybe between 20 and 25 years old, that, that we can get excited about, an American that can do some great things in the heavyweight division?
1: Hmm, that's tough. All the prospects right now that I'm interested in are really from the U.K., you know, there's really not an American heavyweight right now that has my attention, you know, that that I would tell everyone, hey, keep an eye on this kid. He's the goods. There's a couple of guys that, you know, maybe I'll, I'll keep an eye on them, but I just haven't been impressed yet. Right now, the, the top heavyweight prospect, in my opinion, is out of the U.K. His name is Daniel Dubois. He's fighting another top heavyweight prospect uh, later this year, Joe Joyce. They're fighting over in the U.K., two U.K. guys. The winner of that fight's a bona fide contender. You know, both of those guys. Uh, Joe Joyce is is pretty slow. He's not very fast, a fleet of foot, but he throws punches and bunches. He's exciting, has a good style. Daniel Dubois looks like he could be the guy, though. Looks really, really good. But for America, I don't know, Dave. It's pretty slim.
0: Joe Joyce, I think he was on the Wilder Fury 1 undercard, if I'm not mistaken, Uh, out at Staples Center, and he got a late start in boxing. I think he's already, what, 33 or 34 years old as a young prospect. And, yeah, he can really bang, but he looks kind of stiff and slow, as you were saying. I like Dubois in that fight.
1: Yeah, I like Dubois, too. I think um, the one thing about Joe Joyce, I mean, he, he does punch like he's underwater, but he does throw punches and bunches from different angles, and he's a big man. I mean, he's a big, tall, physically strong guy. Yeah. He is, he's, he's stiff in the way that he fights, but his mannerisms in the ring, his temperament is very relaxed and loose. Uh, So I think he will pose an interesting challenge for Dubois, but Dubois seems to have that twitchy kind of muscle and explosiveness, you know, in the way that he punches. So he kind of is like a hybrid between Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua in the sense that he's got the explosiveness and the twitchiness that Wilder has, but he has the fundamentals and the athleticism, the skill set that Anthony Joshua has. So, what we don't know yet is, can he take a punch? If he could take a punch, he could be the guy.
0: Uh, I thought Triple Z won both of his fights against Canelo Alvarez, although I thought he won the first one easily. The second one I thought was closer, but I still thought he won both of them. Now, a third fight is coming up uh, you know, in the fall, hopefully in September, maybe Mexican Independence Day weekend after they both have a fight here. Um it, I, I would imagine Oscar's going to insist it's in Las Vegas again, Mike. And if it is in Las Vegas, Triple G can never win a decision there against Canelo.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're not alone, Dave. A lot of people, obviously, the overwhelming majority of, of fans and media f- felt that Golovkin won that first fight. Second fight was very, very close, and it was interesting to see Canelo change up tactics. He did very, very well. You could make an argument there for either way, You know, either guy winning or for a draw. In this third fight, it's definitely going to be in Vegas because that's where the money is. Let's face it, they're going to go there for the money. Uh, DAZN, which will be showing the fight, you know, they're going for the subscribers. They want to get all the whales there in Vegas, so it's going there. And you have to think, yeah, the house is on Canelo. The thing is, it's it will have been if this thing happens in, in September, it will have been two years since their second fight. How much has Golovkin aged? Versus Canelo right now. Canelo is absolutely in his physical prime. You can see it. He's peaking as a fighter. Golovkin's looked a little old lately. Now he has stopped training in high altitude at big bear, uh, California. He left Abel Sanchez in that camp up there in the mountains. He's now training at sea level. He has a different trainer, a different camp. Will that rejuvenate him? We shall see. But look, that third fight, it's still one of the biggest fights you can make in boxing and who knows, maybe uh, no matter how many times these guys fight and how old they get, they'll always make for great fights. Some fighters just go together like peanut butter and jelly, Dave.
0: You know, it's funny you brought that up. We've talked about that before, Mike, uh, about uh, th- there's a school of thought when you get into your early to mid-30s that you shouldn't train at altitude anymore and it kind of oxygenates the blood and uh, you don't have any legs come fight night. And, uh, is that an old wives' tale or do you think there's something to that?
1: You know, I've talked to a lot of experts about that, and it seems that the opinion is divided, as most things in life are. Uh, Some people hate training at altitude. and They think it's a bad thing. Uh, Everyone agrees that it's good to do for short periods of time. The debate is, do you go up there and do like a three- or four-week mini-camp to start your training camp and then come back down to sea level, or do you stay up there the whole time? And that's where the debate is. For Golovkin and his team, they they obviously made the decision that they're not going to do the high-altitude training anymore. We'll see how that works. But i got to tell you, i talked to plenty of experts like Victor Conti, who uh, runs Belco Labs up there in the Bay Area in California, and he he doesn't like the extended uh, periods of high-altitude training. Then there are other people who think it's great. Most fighters and trainers that I talk to, they like to do it for about three to four weeks, and that's it.
0: How's Errol Spence Jr. doing, uh, Mike? You know, that horrible car crash, the the Ferrari flipping, uh, what, seven times, and we saw the the highlights of the accident on the the street video cameras, and just an an absolute miracle of God he wasn't killed. He's not wearing a seatbelt, and he flips his Ferrari going 100 miles an hour. He's under the influence of alcohol. Uh, It's a miracle he's still alive here, and... And came out of it with no broken bones, what, just a couple of missing teeth and maybe a concussion. And he said he was going to fight again in May, but I would imagine with the coronavirus thing that gets pushed back. But uh, how close is he to being? Do you think it? uh, Do we need to see him fight first before we could say Errol Spence is back and let's put him in there with Bud Crawford?
1: Yeah. So Errol Spence, you know, his his him and his team have said, hey, we don't need a tune-up fight. We can go right in against the top guys. I think that uh, that that'd be a bad idea, and I think that his management has kind of put the kibosh on that and they're going to take it slow i know that he's been doing some light training but he hasn't been doing any sparring from what i'm hearing or any really heavy training and as you mentioned with the COVID 19 issues and everything getting pushed back he's probably not going to fight till late this year that's probably going to be more of a tune-up fight i don't think we're going to see him in with a top opponent until 2021
0: uh, we're going to see, uh, Bud Crawford in there against one of the PBC guys, you know, um, um, ESPN and PBC, uh, mixed it up with Fury and Deontay Wilder twice. So can Bob Arum and Al Heyman make something happen with Bud Crawford and somebody in that PBC stable in the welterweight division?
1: You know, that's a good question. I think that a big reason why we saw Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury fight, and this is all speculation just coming from me. Okay. I think that Deontay Wilder and his handlers at the PBC thought that they were going to beat Tyson Fury. And I thought that I think they maybe underestimated him a little bit. Maybe they overrated their guy a little bit. And that's why they went into those fights. That and the fact that they were big moneymakers, especially the rematch. With Bud Crawford, I just don't know if they're as confident putting any of their top welterweights in the ring with him. I think they know deep down that Bud Crawford would be a heavy, heavy favorite against Spence, you know, before the car accident. Well, that may have been a toss up fight, but we don't know what he's going to look like now, Dave. I mean, we don't know if he's ever going to be the same again. You mentioned the miracle that he didn't break any bones or have any significant injuries, but we've seen it before where guys have been in traumatic accidents like that. It just didn't look the same. They weren't the same athlete. They weren't the same human being after that. So, we don't know what's going to happen with Spence. All the other PBC welterweights, you have to think that Bud Crawford would be a huge favorite, not just a slight favorite, but a significant favorite. So I don't know if they're going to be as quick, as eager to do business across mm-hmm. the aisle with Top Rank and ESPN and everything for a fight like that. It's possible that we might see him fight Sean Porter. They have talked about a an error. I'm sorry, a Terence Crawford Sean Porter fight. So that might be possible, but that's probably it.
0: You know, it's, it sounds funny to say; it sounds ridiculous. But had he been wearing a seatbelt, he'd be dead today. And my dad was in the same situation, Mike, and we know—you know—seatbelts save you a lot more often than they don't. But if he hadn't been ejected from that car, and my dad was in the same type of accident, if he'd been trapped in there wearing a seatbelt, I think Errol Spence would have passed away in that accident.
1: Yeah, you're not lying, Dave. Uh, my grandmother. Um, on my father's side, she died from a car accident where she was wearing her seatbelt, but it was the old-school seatbelts that just went across your lap. It didn't have the part on the top. Yep. And so wearing her seatbelt, that effectively, I mean, I don't want to get too gory there, but that messed up her insides, and she died on the spot. So it, it is kind of just crazy. There's, there's no better word than that. Crazy that Errol Spence being ejected from a car basically blacked out because he was so drunk. Flying through glass, rolling around the street, and the guy walks away from it with a few broken teeth. I mean, that's like winning, winning the lottery. If you think about
0: it. Well, yeah, it's like my, my dad back in the day. He was in an accident. Somebody hit him, and his car flew in the air. And he wound up uh, the car wound up on its roof upside down and started to go on fire. If he'd have been hanging there, uh, you know, trying to get that seatbelt off, he would have been dead. But fortunately, he was able to crawl out the window.
1: Wow. That sounds like a movie.
0: (laughs) It does. Great stuff as always, Mike. Thanks for all the great boxing talk. We'll have you on again soon. Go to Montero On Boxing and Ring Magazine. Thanks, Mike.
1: Thanks, Dave. Have a good one.